You are Locked On Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Cardinals podcast for Friday, June the 17th of 2022. I am Lucas Smith, host of the show. Thanks for tuning in, making Locked On Cardinals your first listen of the day. Apologies for no show yesterday. As you might be able to tell from the camera or the current microphone on YouTube with the quality on your podcasting platforms, a little bit of a of a technical mishap or a uh, equipment mishap on my part. So I don't have all the necessary, I don't, 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 have, don't have my current microphone working at the time. So working from a, a headset, but we're still getting episodes out. We'll be doing just fine. I'll have a second episode out today talking about Jack Flaherty. So I'll be doing my best not to do two episodes a day anymore to getting them out five days a week, but uh, I apologize for that. But we are here on this wonderful Friday to talk about some Cardinal baseball. And today it's going to be about the Boston Red Sox series. Again, episode number two today will be more about the uh, Jack Flaherty and why I'm not worried about Jack Flaherty as he made his first rehab or first start coming back and why he was not very good. But today the Cardinals traveled to Boston. And I think that the, 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 Boston series, the Boston Red Sox is definitely not a, a memorable one or might be memorable for the wrong reasons. When you think back to the Cardinals playing the Boston Red Sox in 2004 and 2013, obviously in 2004 they broke the curse. In 2013 you had Cardinal fans chanting, we want Boston, after they eliminated the Dodgers from the uh, postseason. In 2013 the Cardinals got Boston and Boston won that series in six games in Fenway Park. Uh, beating, actually, Michael Waka in game number six, uh, ironically enough. And now Michael Waka gets the start tonight for the Boston Red Sox. And it's an, int- it's an intriguing matchup because usually I do kind of a, the overview first and then we'll go game by game and then another segment. But today we're going to start with the individuality games because I, I don't want to delay anything in talking about Michael Waka versus Adam Wainwright. This matchup is one that I don't think we were ever thought we were going to see. And yet here we are, 2022, Yachty's still playing, although he's about to go on the I.L. Wainwright's still playing, Pujols on the Cardinals, and we're seeing Wainwright versus Waka. And it's fascinating, too, for a couple different reasons. First off, we're talking just about Michael Waka. Michael Waka was the compensation pick that the St. Louis Cardinals got when Albert Pujols left. Uh, they made him a qualifying offer. Pujols said no to that, obviously. Uh, so whenever Pujols left, the Cardinals were compensated with a draft pick. The Cardinals used that draft pick on Michael Waka, and he had a couple of great years in St. Louis. Obviously, the 2013 season is the most memorable memorable one, near no-hitter against Washington that year, near no-hitter against Pittsburgh in the postseason, dominated the Dodgers, NLCS MVP, had a good start in Game 2 against the Boston Red Sox in the World Series. Uh, but since then, he had a good year in 2014, a decent year in 2015, uh, then just wasn't able to really find it altogether from the years uh, 2016 on. 2018 was probably his best year beyond that, as he went 8-2 and two for the Cardinals, but that was only 15 starts uh, for the playoff list St. Louis Cardinals. But when he was on the Cardinals in 2013, for example, he again made 15 starts in his or 15 appearances in his rookie year. Nine of those were starts. He was 4-1, a 278 ERA, and 64 and two-thirds of an inning. And he struck out 65 batters. Opponents only hit 219 off of him. It was that changeup that was really his, his go-to pitch. He was a two-pitch guy at the time. Um, again, he made 19 starts in 2014, 30 starts in 2015. He won 17 games in 2015, which I think is forgotten about. And I understand that you know wins might not be what they used to 
that might not mean what they used to, but 17 wins in a season is still 17 wins in a season, and he did so in, again, only 30 starts um, in that season, and he threw 181 in the third innings pitched, and that is his career high. And now, in 2022, fast forward, um, as a 30-year-old, which is somewhat hard to believe that Michael Walker is 30, he's having his best season arguably ever. 10 starts, he's 4-1 with a 2-3-3 ERA. Uh, in 54 innings pitched, he struck out Excuse me. He struck out 36. Opponents are only getting a buck 95 against him. That's the big number there, a buck 95. He is coming off a bit of a rough start against the Seattle Mariners when he went four and a third, eight hits, three earned, and he walked a pair. But against the Angels, the time up before that, nine shutout innings, a three-hit shutout for Michael Waka. Before that, five and two-thirds of shutout baseball against the Cincinnati Reds. So this is somebody that definitely has found success in 2022. And honestly, it's really good to see. As somebody who's rooting for Michael Walker pretty much his entire career, who wanted Walker to succeed, obviously wanted Walker to succeed with the Cardinals, uh, but at the end of the day, he wasn't able to find anything. You know, he left the Cardinals obviously after the 2017 season, as I, or 2019 season rather, as I mentioned, pitched for a year in New York, didn't find a lot of success there. Pitched for uh, that was a 2020 season. Pitched for the Rays in 2021, not a lot of success. Boston picked him up, and he has been everything that Boston could have wanted from my perspective and, and doing what he's doing. And it's good to see him find success. And I was hoping that it would be this way, that it would turn out that Waka would indeed get a start against the St. Louis Cardinals, because that would just be storylines galore, right? I mean, you've got, you know, all this stuff I've already mentioned that he was a compensation fit, pick for Pujols. Will Pujols start today? Probably not, but still, you know, you got, you got that storyline. It's Waka versus Wainwright. You know, at the time it was being prophesized, if you will, that, you know, Wainwright was going to be, is the current ace in 13, and he's going to try and give way to Michael Walker. You know, it's going to go from Carpenter to Wainwright to Walker, where now it's been Wainwright for the last couple of seasons. And Walker had, had to move on. He just got hurt too much in the St. Louis Cardinal uniform, especially in that 2018 season when it was his best season, and just didn't get the results he needed to get. So you've got all these storylines on top of the fact that it's Adam Wainwright pitching for the Cardinals in game one. You know, it's not a Michaelis, it's not a Hudson, it's not, you know, any of the other four starting pitchers. Of course, it's got to be Adam Wainwright because storyline, right? You've got to, <laughs> it just happened to work out this way. And Adam Wainwright is arguably having his best year in a while as well. He's five and four, but 73 innings pitched in 12 games. He's five and four. He's coming off three spectacular starts, or at least three good starts. Seven shutout innings against the Padres, seven innings of two earned runs against the Cubs, and seven innings, three earned runs against the Cincinnati Reds when he struck out seven. He struck out 10 Padres in that start, did not strike out any in the Cubs start. But you look at, you know, at least, at least terms of ERA, he has the lowest ERA he's had in years since 2014 when you look at full seasons. He continues to just defy odds. So I think if, if you would have told somebody, say, eight years ago, nine years ago, back in 2013, that we were going to see Michael Walker still pitching, you probably would have said, well, yeah, he was only going to be 30 years old. But if you would have said, we're going to see Adam Wainwright pitching, they probably would have called you crazy. I probably would have called you crazy. And I would have called you really crazy if you would have said that it's going to be Adam Wainwright pitching for the Cardinals in 2022 against Michael Walker in the Boston Red Sox uniform in Fenway Park. Weird how things work out. Adam Wainwright has just continued to defy logic, if you will, uh, with the way he's pitching. I was on a radio show a couple weeks ago talking about this, and really Wainwright has said that he, he's not retiring this, at the end of this year. At least he hasn't said it yet. He's not fully committing to that yet. So is this his last season in St. Louis? Who knows? 
if he continues to pitch like this, there's little to no reason to not, you know, continue putting him out on the mound. Obviously, you know, time will catch up with him eventually, at least you would imagine. But again, this is somebody that since 2017 has seen his ERA drop each year. 2017, it was 5'11", and then it dropped year after year again. He only made eight starts in 18 and 10 and 20. 20 was because of the COVID year, but ERA still dropped 5'11 and 17. Then it goes to 4'46", 4'19", 305, and this year it sits at a cool 284. Obviously, there are a lot of different factors to that. You know, you still got a long season to go, but at the end of the day, he's pitched 73 innings over his 12 starts, and, and a team that has needed innings, that is huge. You know, he's averaging, you know, upwards of six innings to start with with that number, and that is exactly what the Cardinals need from their pitching staff, or have needed from their pitching staff, and Adam Winter has given them that seemingly every time out. Adam Winter has been that guy for the Cardinals, and hopefully he will do the same in Game 1 against the Boston Red Sox tonight. Um, for the St. Louis Cardinals, but we're going to, you know, I wanted to start with Waka versus Wainwright because of how you know storyline filled that is, how exciting that is, how weird it is too at the same time uh, that we're going to see Michael Waka in a Red Sox uniform at 6-10 tonight uh, against the St. Louis Cardinals, pitching against the Cardinals, against, you know, the team that brought him up, a team that gave him a chance. So we'll see how Waka is able to perform. We'll see how Wainwright is able to perform. I expect runs to be at a premium based on its Wainwright, based on its Wacos on a really good stretch of baseball right now, and based on that Wainwright will likely try and step up against his former teammate, against his former Padawan, if you will. And if he's able to do that, we'll see what the Cardinal offense can provide coming off a loss against Pittsburgh, but coming off a series win against Pittsburgh. So now we're going to t- take a step back, take a look at the Red Sox as a whole. Only four games above 500, but this is a team that has really turned it around when you look at the 2022 season. So we'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But first, I'm going to tell you about a new partner here at the Locked On Podcast Network, and that is AG1, Athletic Greens. What is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens that help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging. It helps out just about everything. It's incredibly healthy. It's lifestyle-friendly. Whether you eat keto, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. And even though it is so healthy, that does not mean you're going to have to break the bank. It costs you less than $3 a day, and you're investing in your health. It's cheaper than that cold brew habit of yours. And at the end of the day as well, it's cheaper than getting all of these different supplements yourself. You are investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance the time is now to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily Nutritional Insurance. Boston Red Sox right now currently hold a wild card spot in the American League. Uh, Just half a game out, excuse me, just half a game out of a wild card spot. But half a game out of Cleveland, who's 8-2 in their last 10. Uh, Boston, though, is still 7-3 in their last 10 and Four games above 500. This is a team that was dead in the water a couple weeks ago, and all of a sudden they have stormed back. They have had a great June, a great couple weeks, and now you know they're 13 and a half games out of the juggernaut New York Yankees. 
But as I mentioned, they're seven and three in their last 10 games, and they really have found a way to find success late in the season. Not, not late in the season. We're still in June. But you still find a team that, that, that struggled out of the gate that is now finding success and will, will find ways to win. And this is a team that, that the Cardinals sh- should not just be, oh, yep, this is the Red Sox, not going to worry about this. This is a Red Sox team that is good, that is on a roll, that has a hunger, and a team that, that really has some, some guys that have been on this team a long time that have put up some numbers. you got Rafael Devers having an MVP-type season. you got Xander Bogarts doing his best to stay put there. Obviously, you talked about Waka a little bit as well. Trevor Story had that good little week there where he was hitting home runs. But other than that, uh, he has been uh, not as advertised for the Boston Red Sox, but the Red Sox are a good team. I'll tell you that right now. The Cardinals are going to have their work cut out for them because when you look at uh, taking advantage of the schedule, talk about this a lot because it you know it all depends on who you play and how you play them. But the Brewers right now are playing the Cincinnati Reds for a three-game series. In Cincinnati, I understand that. The Reds have Hunter Green going tonight. Then it'll be Ashcraft and Minor. And Green and Ashcraft really dominated the Cardinals offense. So we'll see if they can do the same against the Brewers offense. But nevertheless, the Brewers are still playing the Reds. The Cardinals were able to take two out of three. They were basically handed two out of three as they, you know, were given 200 runs in the first game, uh, erased a double play in the second game before the walk-off in the fourth, the third game really got out of hand for the Cardinals. So you'd have to expect the Brewers at least taking two out of three against the Cincinnati Reds this weekend, which is why it's all the more important to step up this weekend against the Boston Red Sox. And the Cardinals have the arms to do it when you look at the probable starters because you've got Wainwright tonight versus Waco, according to MLB.com. You've got Dakota Hudson versus Crawford on Saturday night, again, according to MLB.com. And then on Sunday, Andre Pallante versus Nick Pavetta. Nick Pavetta 6-5 and five with a 3-5-0 ERA. So the Cardinals are never going to have the work come out, cut out for him Friday and Sunday because uh, on Saturday it's Crawford who's 1-1 one one with a 5-7-4 ERA. But the Cardinals are going to have to come out ready to roll. You know, they were in Boston last night. I saw the story that Albert Pujols got a, got a suite um, in the in the garden to watch game six of the NBA Finals as uh, Steph and Golden State were able to, to get the win there. But now it's time for the Cardinals to come into Boston and, and, and to, to step up, to show that they are truly a playoff team. Because right now they do hold a playoff spot. They're first place in the National League Central. The Mets took two out of three against the, the Brewers. The Cardinals are... You know, they were able to take four, three out of four against the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Cardinals right now have a two-game advantage in the National League Central. It, it, it's been impressive to see the Cardinals do this. Yeah, obviously, you've got to take, a look, take into account the, the strength of schedule for the Cardinals, but at the same time, the Cardinals have been able to put together wins, string together wins, find ways to win, and hopefully, with Jack Flaherty coming back, that improves the pitching staff as well. Now, I understand that that was just one start, and it was bad, and that Jack Flaherty needs to be better. However, you still have to be happy that Flaherty is back, right? So we'll talk about that again in episode number two today, released in a little while. Uh, but from the Cardinals standpoint this weekend, you got to go out there and perform. you got to sink the Boston Red Sox. you got to show everybody that you are truly a playoff team, that you're not just aided by a, by a good schedule, by an easier schedule than the rest of the league, that you are truly a playoff caliber team, and you need momentum before going into a four-game set in Milwaukee next week. So Dakota Hudson, who gets the ball tomorrow for the St. Louis Cardinals, is going to have to show that those, those two starts weren't flukes when, when he went those seven dominant innings in, in those two starts back-to-back. You know, so far, 4-3 and three on their year, 3-2-9 ERA, 12 starts, 65 and two-thirds of an inning, whip of 1.25, so not terrible numbers. 
but you know, he had those two great starts. First one against San Diego, seven innings, earned run. I uh, gave up four hits. He walked one, struck out three. And then against the Rays, his next time out, seven innings, two hits, an earned run, a walk, and six strikeouts. And then against the Reds, seven innings, nine hits, six earned, two walks, and two strikeouts on that Sunday start against Cincinnati. So you've got to go out there and show now that those first two starts that I was referencing, the, the uh, Padres start and the Rays start, got to show that those weren't flukes. Go out there, give the Cardinals six, seven strong, three or less earned runs, hopefully two or less earned runs, but go out there and show everybody that those two starts are the real you. And I think, I really do think, I really do believe that that is closer to the real Dakota Hudson. The one that's going to go six, seven strong innings, not going to walk too many hitters, not going to give too many hits, you know, but when he uses that ground ball pitch effectively, right? Because being a ground ball pitcher, some of the ground balls are going to find holes. That is just the nature of the beast, right? But I think that, again, not to say he's going to go seven innings and earn run every single time out, because that would be ridiculous. But I think that is the closer closer to the real Dakota Hudson. Again, this is somebody that, you know, the sabermetrics might not love him, but in 2019 in, in 33 games, two of those, 32 of those starts, he had a 3-3-5 ERA. And then 2020 in eight starts, he was 3-2 and with a 2-7-7 ERA. So this is somebody that has found success at the major league level. He was four and one in 26 relief appearances in 2018, pitched to a tune of 2.63 ERA. This is somebody that has the capability to get the job done. So he is going to need to go out there and say it to everybody. Okay, those two starts, yeah, th- that's the real me. This is who I can be. And the Cardinals were facing 26-year-old Cutter Crawford, who in nine games this year is one and one with a 5.74 ERA, 52 and two-thirds innings pitched. A 179 whip. He's, of those nine games, only one of those has been starts. His most recent appearance, five innings against the Seattle Mariners, one hit, no earned runs, four walks, and seven strikeouts. So hopefully Saturday is the winnable game with somebody with a high ERA and not a lot of success, uh, although he's coming off a good appearance. Because on Saturday, or Sunday, excuse me, you're facing Nick Pavetta. But like Nick Pavetta is a name that I see a lot that, you know, Somebody that Boston loves a lot. Maybe the numbers don't love him a lot, but he's having a pretty good solid season this year. Six and five and 13 starts, uh, 3-5-0 ERA. But what's key here is that in the last seven starts, he's on a run of incredible pitching. He's six and one, a 2-0-6 ERA in those seven games. These are his last, last three game walks. Seven shutout innings against Oakland with two hits given up, two walks, and seven punch outs. Uh, he got tagged with the loss in five innings against the Angels. Five innings, six hits, four, two walks, 11 strikeouts, though. And then his most recent timeout against the A's, again, eight innings, three hits that earned around two walks and three strikeouts. He has, he's on a bit of a roll, but hopefully, you know, you got the good start against Oakland, bad start against Los Angeles, the good start against Oakland. Maybe this will be another bad start for, <laughs> for Nick Pavetta as he prepares to face the Cardinals. And according to MLB.com, this might change based on pitching plans, uh, but Andre Pallante is scheduled to get that start on Sunday. If he can give the Cardinals five plus innings, that's that's huge. But it all depends. What he needs to get the Cardinals will be dependent upon what Wainwright and what Hudson gave the Cardinals on Friday and Saturday. Obviously, I trust Wainwright to go six, seven strong. Hudson has to prove that he can go six, seven strong and not give up six earned runs like he did against the Reds. Uh, but we'll see what Plante is able to do. But I think that pitching will probably be the name of the game this weekend uh, in Boston because you got a lot of good pitchers, at least for the Cardinals side of things. It lines up pretty well. And this is a starting rotation that has struggled at times this year, but also has stepped up more times than I think the Cardinal fans care to admit, especially with guys like Pallante. Michaelis had turned in a great couple of starts. You've got Dakota Hudson, who had those two great starts before, you know, before this. You've got some guys that can step up. It's just a matter of will they. 
So this is a this is a tough series to predict. I don't like playing in Fenway. You know, it's a tough place to play, at least for the Cardinals standpoint. Good looking back at those two World Series. Uh, but nevertheless, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit those about those World Series in game or in segment three. But also want to talk about the reported news that's still reported as of this recording uh, that Yadier Molina is going to go on the injured list and what that means for the Cardinal catching situation. But first, before all that, I want to tell you about Bet Online. .net, how it is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, news, and odds, including the NHL, Stanley Cup Finals, Major League Baseball scores, and of course, all the latest fighting news from MMA to UFC, even boxing. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and so much more. So go explore the website today, BetOnline.net, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions of today. Because Bet Online is where the game starts. So, before we talk about the news of Yadier Molina being, well, like we said, to the injury list, I want to tell you about an important favor we have to ask you here at Locked On Podcast Network. We put together a survey so we can learn more about what listeners like you make your favorite Locked On podcast so good and what, how we can make them better as well. So this is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcast. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take you very long, and everyone that completes the survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards to qualify for a chance to win. Go take the audience survey today. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thank you in advance for your help. We really do want to make these podcasts better for you, and so we're giving you a chance to voice your opinion today. So it was reported late last night by Katie Wu of The Athletic that Yadier Molina is going to be sent to the injured list with knee soreness and that uh, Yvonne Herrera is going to get the call up. I hate to use this as an excuse, but you have to wonder if the knee soreness um, for Yadier Molina has something to do with the way that he has played this season. Because I don't think you can look at Yadier Molina right now and say that this is prime Yadier. On Wednesday's game, Molina went 0-4, for 4, another couple of strikeouts. So his numbers on the 2022 season are not good. He's hitting 213. he He's got two home runs, 10 runs driven, and he has stolen a bag, which he doesn't usually do. Uh, but that is at no consequence because he is currently hitting, like I said, 213. His on-base is 225, and is slugging 294 for an OPS of 519. And his last seven games played... He is just 4 out of 26. In his last 15, he's five, 9 out of 54. This is not somebody who is at his best. And it's hard to see. Hard to watch. It really is. So, because I love Yachty. I do. Uh, I think that Kisner's ready to play, even though he hasn't really shown that yet. I know Marmol called him out a couple weeks ago or a couple days ago. Maybe a week ago, somewhere in that time frame for his at-bats. But I really do think that Kisner is ready to play, which is what I'll talk about in a second, but it is hard to watch somebody that has been so great as Yadier Molina struggle the way he has struggled. Um, but even though he's been struggling, he still is breaking records. You know, the, he just broke the record for most putouts, I think, by a catcher in Major League Baseball history, which is phenomenal. I mean, the longevity of Molina, I think, is going to be his legacy. The fact that he was able to put on the catcher's gear every day, or at least every as many days as he could, you know, basically from 2004 to 2022. You know, especially 2005 was his first full year. He's put together a legendary career. You know, some people might say, oh, it, he's overrated. He, he, you, know, you put this title of Yadier Molina, and then all of a sudden he's the best catcher in baseball. But he's really not. 
he's the best catcher of his generation. You know, offensively, you could put him, you can compare him with him and Posey, Salvi, Salvador Perez. But for what Molina did with his pitching staff is unbelievable. And I truly stand by that. I truly believe that. Uh, but, but for Yachty, what it comes down to is that he just, I think Father Time has caught up with Yachty a little bit more than it has with Wainwright. And again, you also have to look, look at that with, with Wainwright lost a couple years due to injury. So maybe that has prolonged his career a little bit because that, you know, obviously he was injured, but it wasn't as much wear and tear as going out there and pitching every fifth day, whereas Molina has had to catch every day or tried to, and the Cardinals haven't had a catcher that they've trusted to take over the reins. Kisner was, got this opportunity last year when Molina went on the injured list. He's going to get the opportunity again. Kisner has to go out there and produce. And if he doesn't, maybe you give Ivan Herrera more starts. I, I would love to see what Herrera can do from an offensive standpoint. You know, he made his debut a couple weeks ago, and he got that call up and that uh, made a defensive appearance at least. But this is a tough loss, at least in, intangibly. You know, you're not going to see Wainwright and Molina make a break history tonight. They were going to make a record-breaking start together, 315-16 as battery mates or something like that. Uh, so you're not going to see that tonight. This is, again, reportedly going on the injured list. As of this recording, it is still just a report. Uh, nothing has been announced, finalized uh, by the St. Louis Cardinals. But you still, you know, the report by KDW is usually pretty accurate uh, that what Molina is going there. So um, it's, it's going to be a tough loss, but also it gives Andrew Kisner a chance to shine and say, all right, I'm your guy. You know, Kisner was, you know, Caught a near no hitter just a couple of days ago. I just, you know, just keep that in mind as well. He is somebody that I think has the opportunity, has the ability to hit. I think he has the ability to, to prove it to everybody right now that he is capable of being a starting catcher. And that's what I think is the big key here. You know, losing Molina again hurts from that kind of standpoint uh, of the intangible parts of things. But from an offensive part of things, Kisner or Molina were not looking good. Um, and as I'm recording right now this morning, it is a, a made official uh, by the St. Louis Cardinals that uh, Molina is being placed on the injured list uh, retroactive to yesterday, and Yvonne Herrera is being recalled from Memphis. So it is official now as of this recording uh, this morning, so appreciate your patience there. But Andrew Kisner has to step up, and if he's not going to step up, Yvonne Herrera is a very highly feathered prospect for the Cardinals, and he is somebody that I think arguably is, that, you know, is, highly is more highly touted than Andrew Kisner is, so we'll see which catcher gets a step up. Because that's that's ultimately what ultimately what it comes down to. Which catcher is going to step up in Molina's absence? Because I think the, the post-Molina era for the catching position for the St. Louis Cardinals is wide open right now as to who is going to seize that. And we're going to see over the next 10 days which catcher wants to try and make a, an immediate push towards being that successful candidate. Will it be Kisner? Will it be Herrera? Let me know what you think in the comment section on YouTube. Email me at lockedoncards at gmail.com. Uh, DM me on Twitter at LJFastball or on uh, show's Twitter or Instagram at LO underscore Cardinals. I want to know what you have to say about the catching situation. Before I go, I do want to let you know about the first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. So be sure to search for the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft and get over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, the experts of the Locked On NBA Big Board, the five-episode Ultimate NBA Mock Draft is underway. First picks were made yesterday. Make Ultimate NBA Mock Draft your second listen today. Uh, make your third listen to the second episode that I'll release in a little while, talking about Jack Flaherty while I'm not worried, and uh, what the Cardinals did over uh, the last couple days against Pittsburgh. So thank you for tuning in today. I appreciate you struggling through any uh, technical mishaps just because, you know, not working with my regular equipment. I uh, hope the quality was still um, 
still still good enough. So appreciate that. We'll be back with full equipment next week. But until I talk to you guys in a little while or next time I talk to you, be sure to stay safe, stay well, and have a fantastic rest of your day.